Hi guys, and welcome to an, another episode of Mermaid on Land. Mermaid on Land was designed to create a dialogue with people with limited disabilities or various types of disabilities and break the stigma with those in society for people with wheelchairs. So today I have a very good friend of mine. Her name is Mariska, Marissa Maleski, and um, she is the founder of Push Past Push Past Paralysis. My tongue twister. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, say that three times real fast. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, um, and welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So yesterday we had quite the technical difficulties, so. <laughs> That's all right. We're to talk. <laughs> yes. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born 34 years ago with spina bifida, which is basically there was a blister on a part of my spine and that the location of it varies. Mine was towards the base of my spine and I'm paralyzed from the knee down and I've been in a wheelchair all my life. How do you, um, how do you see yourself in that situation? Have you, have you seen yourself as, cause I've known you for the better part of, I want to say five years. We haven't actually physically met in person. We've met through social media channels um, and know each other, have a mutual friend, friends, um, and we've connected that way. But um, you are a very strong and independent person, and I just want to um, pick your brain a little bit and see, have you always been that way, or have you... Um, yeah, I was yeah I was raised that way so that the only limitation ever was in my own mind. Nothing mm -hmm. could ever limit me. Yes, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that there could be barriers or obstacles that are in our way, but it's up to us to overcome them and even to create change. Mm-hmm. I was talking with someone earlier today about, um, I'm, I'm working on something specific and you know a little bit about that too. Yes, I um, do. But I've been, I was talking to someone about this and, um, someone said that people in wheelchairs or any kind of adaptability are the most inventive problem solvers because we have to be, we have to, we have to think ahead of time. We have to figure out. Well, there's a will, there's a way, and that's no pun intended, but that's kind of a motto of mine. When there's a will, there's a way, or there, yeah, ought, absolutely. To be, there ought to be a way, right? Um, yeah. so there I, always I, is, but sometimes you have to get creative. Yes. <laughs> you have to plan to plan. Okay, mm -hmm. well, if I'm not going to be able to do it this way, how can I do it this way? And, you know, so I think, you know, we have to kind of reinvent the will, depending on no pun intended again exactly exactly <laughs> um to kind of just kind of navigate our world and you know the physical challenges are everybody has physical challenges whether it be with depression anxiety or what what have you you know um people with wheelchairs obviously it's definitely noticeable and it's hard to have one of the, one of the reasons why I wanted to create this podcast is to be able to create a dialogue to break that stigma. You know, if somebody, if, if I'm guilty of this too, if I see somebody in a wheelchair, I automatically assume that they have mental challenges as well. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just physical. Mm -hmm. Um, and the same token goes for, you might see somebody and assume that they don't have any ailments and they're physically up and about and walking around, but they might have chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that, you know? So I just wanted to create, um, a dialogue with that. So, um, tell well, me can I just say bit. something quick? Sure, sure. Go ahead. I love that because I always say that 
I wouldn't change anything. And I'm sure that if I was in front of a bunch of people that I'd never met and we all put our problems on a table, I would take mine back immediately mm-hmm. and not trade it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's that's really profound. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about push past paralysis. <laughs> to say that really, <laughs> it's tongue twister. Tongue twister, um, yep. Yes. How did that come about? Um, I was in a coaching session with, I, I was seeing a life coach. I have life coached people, but I was seeing a life coach at the time. And she was kind of asking me about my mission. And it just flew out. It was pushed past paralysis. And this happened within the last 10 years. I know that for sure. But I, like I said, I've been disabled all my life. So I was living it before I created a name for it. And it's just how I live. That's really cool. You had asked me one time, or you had posted it somewhere on social media, and I responded, um, what does that mean? And I think that for me, that means pushing beyond the boundaries of what you think you're, you can or cannot do. Um, you know, the and thing. what other people think that you can't do. Right. Exactly. Which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love proving people wrong. That's, oh, yeah. that's my right of passion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it's, you know, but then if you, I discussed this too with somebody that if you live to prove people wrong and then you do, and you find your identity in that, then you can tend to get a little lost. I, I experienced that myself. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you because I used to live that way too. With It was always about proving people wrong. But mm-hmm. now I look at it as proving myself right because I know I can do it. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, if I don't have the tools yet or the means or whatever, I, I can get it and I can do it. And then what that inspires or motivates in somebody else is my mission in life. That's amazing. I am watching, you know, um, I've been following you on Instagram and I know that you've been doing um, these really incredible, inspiring workout um, things. Um, I don't know what they're called, like competitions or. Um... I'll, I'll explain it um, if you want me to. Sure. Okay. Well, few weeks was it a few weeks ago yeah it has to be almost a couple of weeks ago now Heidi Powell from Extreme Weight Loss which was a show that ran I think for five seasons a few years ago or several years ago now I think Mm. I don't know I've been a fan of her and her now ex-husband forever um Chris Powell so she was running a challenge she had gone live on Instagram one day and she announced this challenge that she had ended up announcing privately into in a webinar she did called Abs After Baby, which is something that I didn't sign up for simply because it was called Abs After Baby. And I just assumed that it was for new moms. Yeah. But it could have been for anybody. <laughs> but um, so anyways, so she announced that she was extending the invitation for the contest to anybody And it was basically to do the vacuum, the vacuum twist, and pelvic tilts. And if anybody doesn't know what vacuum or vacuum twist is, I won't go into the full explanation. Just we'll talk about where to find me and go to my Instagram later on. Mm -hmm. But so basically you had to do that for two weeks. And then she picked a winner. And there was like five winners. There was two coaching calls and then, you know, a package that she was going to send to people. Mm -hmm. And I ended up winning the coaching call which I just had that's awesome yeah that's awesome so tell me a little bit about your hobbies and what you like to do and uh what what do you what are your passions right now fitness um because I am a meditator I'm a very spiritual person that's one of my passions but I find that moving around helps me so much more on a mental and spiritual and physical level than meditation does. I'll still meditate every day. I take like 10, 15 minutes in the morning to listen to a guided meditation, but actually moving my body and then the ripple effect of what I need from that, like 
I'm upping my water intake. I'm taking better care of my body. Even showering more often because I'm sweating. A shower. There's so many people who have, like, debilitating anxiety and depression. And that's amplified by actually not having the energy to go in the shower. Because when you get in the shower, when you force yourself to get in the shower and then get out, you feel so much better. It might not take away all your problems, but your mental space is so much clearer. And even going back to meditation, sometimes I'll do like a clearing meditation where the water is just washing everything away, washing all the gunk away Mm -hmm. in my head. And it just, it makes a world of difference. So that's something that I can be passionate about even in the midst of a pandemic where, you know, I'm not going many places. Another passion of mine is the beach, but obviously it's, well, it's beautiful out today, but we're still technically in the midst of winter here in New York. But yeah, so spirituality, fitness, all of that is something that I'm very passionate about. One of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, just like a simple shower, and you're definitely right about that. There, you know, it's it definitely changes. It shifts everything, you know. It does, yeah. uh, in a spiritual sense and, a, and in a physical sense too, it washes everything away, and then you get mm-hmm. out and it's fresh, clean. You could start the day over and stuff. I really like the idea of meditating and doing a guided meditation. I don't typically do that, but that's something that I am open to trying because you mentioned you know everybody is going through the pandemic. And it's been the most, I mean, I'm at school, I do school at home, I do other things at home, I'm constantly at home anyway, so anytime I would go out and go to the coffee shop or whatever, go out to eat, to get away from home or study or go wherever, go to the movies, I haven't been to the movie in a year, um, which is the longest time that I've ever not been to the movies. Um, You're probably better off doing like Netflix Netflix and chill because movies are way too expensive nowadays <laughs> going yeah, there really getting are. all the candy and the popcorn mm-hmm. that's too expensive totally I spent <laughs> I, I took um a group of like I was babysitting one time two kids and and some another person and myself and I took us all to the movies and I spent 120 bucks oh my like, god oh my gosh it's so expensive so um yeah so yeah I I mean I've saved a lot more money because of yeah. all of that, not being able to do all that, but that's the way that I get my clarity is going somewhere, physically mm-hmm. going somewhere and getting a cup of coffee and just people watching, but haven't been able to do that over the past year because COVID. So my mental health has really taken a back seat. And well, let's switch the tables that. for a minute. Yeah. How have you coped with it? Oh my goodness. Um, it's been really hard. It's yeah. been very, very hard for, um, I, I, well, first of all, I had a service dog for 15 years mm-hmm. and she was 18 and she passed away in September and she oh, I'm so before, sorry. thank you. Um, thank you. She was very old and lived a very long life, but she knew before I did that I was going to have an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. So I've had to become super hyper aware of my emotions and realize, okay, I need a little bit more awareness today. Something's going mm-hmm. on, and I don't know what it is. I don't have a reason to be upset, but I'm upset, and so I need to figure out why. And then, you know, just kind of navigate that a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's been something that I've had to learn in the midst of of all of that. And then, not like I said, not being able to just go and sit in a coffee shop and be um, out of the house. Is mm-hmm. something that's really affected me most. Yeah, change of scenery helps a lot, especially if you're used to those. Because, like you said, we've been in this situation for like a year now, over a year. Yeah. So it's like all of those emotions are stuck in the house. If, yeah. And if you don't like sage or clear it or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, it's you need to get out and do something. And right now, that's hard to do. 
yesterday I went and I did that. The one thing that I was like, I really want to go get a coffee. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I live right across the street from Dunkin' Donuts. And I went and got my coffee to go. And I came, I came home and I literally just sat in the sun and I was listening to an audio book and I got out of my head for a little bit. That's another thing that I love doing now is audio books because I can get out of my head. <laughs> go somewhere else. Yep. And then I can also, you know, and, and a podcast has been very cathartic for me too because I like to create conversations with people and and talk about things that matter and then that also helps me direct my attention to other things. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there have been some really um positive changes though with COVID and that is the majority of the jobs that I've been wanting and looking for are now remote positions. So yeah. that's one thing that I am looking forward to finishing up my degree and, and pursuing those ventures in addition to everything else that I've got on my plate. So, yeah, but I know you got a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I know, I don't know if you're um, open to talking about this and if you're not, we can edit it out. Okay. Um, but I know that you're also writing a book. Oh, I'm definitely open. A bit? Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely open to that. Uh, I've been writing a book for the better part of a few years now. Um, I, I'm i a very inspired action type of person. And if I'm not inspired, I will go weeks without touching it. Because I don't want it to be halfway. I don't want to not like it later. So if I'm inspired, I will do it. And... Sorry if you hear anything in the background. They're putting stuff away. <laughs> no worries. Um, but so it, it's been a slow process for that. And the person I feel really bad for is the person who did my forward. And, you know, it meant a lot to both of us for him to do it. But um, it, it will get there. Uh, right now, I have a couple of books, a, a few books out on Amazon now. Um, but this one I want to be like a major thing. Those were like shorter sort of mini books. Um, one of them was called Everyone's Different, Get Over It. Another one is uh, Willy Wonderland. And it's that's a short stories based on real life for the most part. Um, and the other one is called Suck It Up and Shut the Heck Up. But not heck, the other word. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, writing is definitely something that I'm passionate about. I do want to get into speaking, but that's going to have to be online for a while because everything is really shut. Unless, you know, I'm invited to speak somewhere that's in an open state Mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't foresee, and I'm not saying I want to have myself get big and like sell out arenas. I'm not talking about that, but I can't see really having any place open to even a small amount of people right now. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly going to be online. I think having something online is actually really good because you can maximize your reach all over yeah. the world and people aren't having to figure out, take, you know, traveling and things like that. So it's actually a positive, but um, also let's, Let's go back to, you've written multiple books? Yes. That's amazing. I didn't even know about that. And I'm going to have to go and check out all of them as well as shut the heck up. Um, that <laughs> sounds like something that I need to read. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't, I don't like when people complain, and I don't even like when I complain. I get mad at myself. So that was that was about. I, and there's some elements of that in the new book, too, because I, I kind of, like, took people's different excuses and separated them into mind body spirit Mm -hmm. in this new book and I kind of just guide you through a journey of you know what to do and what I've done different things like that yeah that's awesome I feel like people can learn a lot from you I have learned a lot from you I've learned a kind of a no-nonsense kind of like approach to things and it's like you know watching you as an example 
and how you carry yourself and how you handle yourself has definitely been something that I've kind of observed and going, okay, I need to get a get a backbone and I need to get a thicker skin and I need to stand up for myself. Again, no pun intended. You know um, what I say? <laughs> I say I say it all the time. I might have been born with spina bifida, but I have a stronger spine than most, and that's vital. That's really cool. That's really, really, really cool. And um, I think we all can have that, so yeah, no matter yeah. what. What have you learned in this process of writing in any of your various writing adventures? Because I thought this was your first book, and now I know you've written multiple what are something, what's something that you learned about yourself that surprised you? Uh, I'm very critical of my own work where like I kind of didn't go all out promoting the other books. And I guess on a subconscious level now, like wanting to be very proud of this project, I'm kind of like, eh, well, those were good to start with. It's like, not like I'm embarrassed by them, but it's like, I was still a beginner. Let me make this one a million times better. And then that's kind of what also holds up the process of me like wanting to be inspired because I don't trust myself enough yet Hmm. to know that what I have on that piece of paper or that, you know, computer file is good and solid and ready to be published. Like it's, it's been a process. Yeah. I can understand that to some degree. Um, And then you have to be very careful with the language that you used. And it's the reason that I've, for the most part, stopped life coaching. Because I, I, your mission has to be for the people you want to motivate, but also for yourself. And that's something I'm keeping in mind with this project. Because I can't help everybody. I'm an empath, but I can't help everybody. And there are going to be people who might read it and not do anything about their life. Or there might be people who don't want to even read it. And, you know, I have to understand that. But, um, yeah, so what was I saying? You were talking about the the book and the various things and being hard on yourself. Okay, yeah, so... um, yeah, it's it's slowed the process down a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm getting there. I will get there. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to grow my following, which is, I know, something very important, especially when you're launching any kind of project. Um, so, And just trying to motivate people. I am also going to be doing a yoga project with a friend and possibly another friend, too. Um for people in wheelchairs, but we're going to do a chair routine and a floor routine because I think it's very important going back to exercise for people in wheelchairs to actually, we're, you know, we're, we're sitting all the time. Yeah. And that tightens our hips. It makes us kind of like in an L shape unless we're, even me, I stretch a lot. I'm still, you know, tight and I'm still kind of like, I'm not straight. My spine yeah. might be straight. But the hip area isn't straight, so it's very, very important for me to get people to realize, even if they need help doing it, get on the floor, stretch mm-hmm. out, exercise, move around. You know, then, like I said, the ripple effect will be—you'll get more water because you'll be sweating to death, so mm-hmm. you'll need to drink more, and you know, it's just positive all around. Yeah, I really enjoy yoga. I downloaded an app, Yoga for Beginners, and Mm -hmm. I really, really like it. And I actually, I overextended myself one day. I was super ambitious about it. And I'm like, I'm Mm going to do this, 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 and this. Oh, my goodness. The next day, I was so sore. So you don't think that it's a workout, but it is. It's such a workout, but it's so good. Especially depending on which kind you do. Like, I'm going to invite you after this. Um, I'll tell you more about it, but a friend of mine, she's, are you busy Thursday night? Um, Thursday night. No, I don't think I'm busy okay. Thursday night. I, I don't believe so, but I'll have to double check. Six o'clock okay. Eastern Thursday okay. night. She has a class. It's, it's, um, gravity yoga. So most of it's going to be on the floor. You're that not going to so have to fun. stand for most of it. 
Um, I did not go to her class today, so I'm going to try to make it on Thursday. And once I have the link, I'll set it up for you. It's on Zoom, and it's very cheap. I think she charges like $5. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. That's awesome. So I think I think she would be very flattered to have somebody else with a disability because like, she's not disabled. Oh, um, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, we're friends, you know, through other means, but um, she would be ecstatic if I brought somebody else in a wheelchair into it because of what we're working on. So I'm excited to be a part of it for sure. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's really impressive. There's a lot of things that I did not know about you, so. Very mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) See, okay. One of my biggest flaws is I put too much out there at once, like too much information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I need to learn to be a little bit mysterious and have a little. I'm so excited and so anxious for everybody to know what I'm doing that I put it all on social media and then the element of surprise is gone. And I. Well, I I probably should do that a little bit more because I kind of hold things too much to the vest and I'm should be more open and willing to share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could balance that out and <laughs> just a little <laughs> see bit what of that. Um, I wanted, if you don't mind, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and talk a little okay. bit about the, the book situation. Cause I have some insight for you. Okay. Um, I have written a book and it's called on the wings of triumph. It was published back in 2015. It's not one of my proudest accomplishments. Um, And it's something that I'm kind of, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit embarrassed by, which is why I can kind of relate to what you were saying about, like, not really, you know, putting anything out there and not being inspiring, you know, not being inspired to Mm -hmm. finish or what have you. It took me five years Mm -hmm. to write. I get it that book and it was the worst but yet best thing that I've done you know like his it allowed me to learn and evolve and grow and it also allowed me because it was based on my my childhood and my upbringing and also but sharing very detailed things that could potentially offend people without sharing that's also a big hiccup of mine I'm like uh oh should I put this I don't want to you know, because I want to make it mostly about me and my opinions and my <clears throat> experiences, but that always involves somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. I had to be really real with myself. You know, I was putting so much out there in this book, writing it out, and it was very cathartic, but it was also very painful. It brought out some things. But then I was real. I realized, you know, if I'm going to be honest about this situation, I need to be honest about the way that I contributed to that, too. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect and I'm not a victim and I need to be honest and this is where I need to grow and, you know. Um, yep. So I would just say that be kind to yourself because this is probably um, very cathartic for you and very emotional and very, like, therapy. You're, you're extracting things out of your emotions and out of your mm-hmm. energy, if you will. And I'm not a very emotional person. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm very tough on myself and everybody else. Like I, I push myself, literally, I push myself past paralysis and I try to do the same thing for everybody else too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. So is there an expected time, time frame of when you'll have your book out or, or you're, you're uh, still working on it, right? Yeah, I'm still working on it. This mm-hmm. century, definitely. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would like to say within a year. I would. I'm self-publishing, like, mm. all the other books on Amazon. So once it's ready, it'll be quick. Um, right now, I have about 18,000, 19,000 words written. Mm-hmm. And I would like to get to the 40,000 mark. And like I said, once I'm inspired, you know. And, and that is actually, it's actually not true that I have 18,000. I had 60,000 before. And I scrapped it. So, yeah. yeah. So (laughs) now I have 18,000 and I didn't throw out the 60,000. So I'm, I'm going to incorporate elements of what I ended up tossing into Mm -hmm. what I already have now and continue also writing more for what I have now. So everything will come together 
It's just a matter of when. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So you've got the yoga aspect, the meditation, the uh, writing, um, and you mentioned earlier on that you were doing life coaching. Are you you're not doing that anymore, or? I mean, I'm open to it if anybody really truly needs help. But when you see a life coach, it's not like a therapist where, especially if your life coach is an empath like I am, it's very hard to feel like you're hearing all of these, you know, problems somebody is going through and you're trying your best to help, but they're not receptive to it. It's like beating a dead horse over and over. And then sometimes you just, you have to let the client go. But by all means, if anybody is listening right now and they're ready and they want help in whatever area of life it is, you know, because that's that's the reason that I have pushed past paralysis is because everybody has, whether it's, you know, mindset, you know, fear, anxiety, all of that is a form of paralysis to me because mm-hmm. it stops you from being your best and doing something that you are afraid to do or want to do. So that's what I would love to help people with. Mm-hmm. So if anybody is listening, I, I am open to coaching. I, I am. Um, that's awesome. But you have to be ready for it. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think that people generally, when they're, when they're, when they genuinely are ready, they will reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because nowadays, I mean, I don't mean to sound like an old lady nowadays, um, but I think it's so important that people, I think people are becoming more and more aware of self-awareness and like mental health and things like that. Um, and actually Absolutely. wanting to, sh- to shift and to change and to see things be better. But also, it's not necessarily the, about them being ready. It's also about them believing that they're worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and getting too comfortable in the uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you can get so comfortable that you become complacent, and then you're complaining, mm-hmm. and then you're whining, and then, why me, why me, why me? And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, find what you did to create, because there's... There's a lot of things. I don't like to call anybody a victim, but there's a lot of things that technically people didn't choose. On a spiritual level, I think we choose everything. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, law of attraction is very real, but there are circumstances people are in that they didn't actively consciously choose. Yeah. And like you said, they hold on to it. But, and then they're afraid of, the good that could come yeah. is, is a lot of it too. Up until recently, I used to say that I worked really well under pressure. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a come to Jesus moment. Like, no, I'm a really bad procrastinator and I'm forced to work well under pressure because I have homework that's due in four hours and it's Sunday night, it's 8 p.m. and everything's done at, due, due at midnight you know, do or die. And I'm like, I'm doing this, you know, I'm getting it all done and I get it done. But I wait until the very last minute and then push through. And then I, I realized, you know, what would happen if I turned that around and just did it and got it done earlier on in the week? And then I have the rest of the week to do whatever. Um, and then I saw this woman, she talked about how, um, you know, per, uh, some uh, perfectionism and people that are that are desiring to be perfect, which I am a huge perfectionist. It means that someone doesn't believe that they're actually worth. Like they they can't. They're not allowed to fail. If they do, they're worthless. I've heard you know? that too, and and I'm a perfectionist too. I I'm like that's that's something that drives me crazy with this book. Is I'm like okay. I can't forget this. I can't forget that. Never mind that I could always write another book with whatever I don't put in this one. I'm just like, okay, this has to be in. This has to be in. To make this the best thing that it could possibly be, I have to do this, this, and this. And you can't possibly, nothing is perfect. Yeah. It, you know, there's there's going to be something when this book is done 
and out, there's going to be something that I'm like, damn it, I wish I put this, or I wish I didn't put that. And yeah. you have to be okay with it. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that as well. I actually wrote my manuscript, and I sent it off to the publisher, to the self-publishing company, and they were supposed to edit it. And they had asked me to read through it again, but I had spent so many years writing it, the last thing I wanted to do was read it. And it mm-hmm. still brought up it brought up some painful memories for me, even reading it. So I was just kind of like, no, it's good. Like, it's fine. But that was my mistake. I didn't read it. So whenever they published it, they it, it was it's poorly edited, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's not it's not one of my finest moments. And so. Reading it and then ha- I guess I would say I'm sure you you well you've been through this before when you finish it have somebody else read it and get somebody else's mm-hmm. perspective before you hand it off to the publisher. Yeah, and- I always have beta readers, but the the thing back to what you said about the editing process that's what always gets to me is like I try to limit because I have um, writer friends that edit. I don't go to like a paid editor. Mm. but I'm I'll I'll have them edit it and I'm like sitting there going I really really hope that they don't change that's why I won't go to a paid one because I don't want my voice to be taken out yeah like there's um there's an author that I've she's not really an author she's she's an entrepreneur she she has a show different things like that but um she has written several books and if you compare, like, normally people get better, but I like her original books so much better than the most recent one, because the most recent one, she collaborated with somebody to write it, and it takes her voice out. Mm. And I'm so afraid that that's going to happen with mine, if I let anybody take the reins or have them over-edit, I'm like, you know, I need my voice in there. Yeah, and maybe that's attributed to the fact that I also want to be a motivational speaker, and where I can keep my voice, I can write my own, you know, speeches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as that book, I'm, I'm like, no, no, I keep it so close to my vest. No, you're you're not editing this, editing my voice out of this. Nope. It's an interesting point that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna shift the focus a little bit and, and talk okay. about the voice because. Um, for me personally, and I might sound like a victim at this moment, but this is this is how I feel. When I go to someone, I go to the city official or I talk to the Department of Public Works about a specific situation in the city of Atlanta. And they just, you know, you can tell when someone is talking at you versus talking to you, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I know, like, and it's just, it's one of those powerless moments when you're like my voice matters and this situation that I'm dealing with matters the best is when you're with somebody and they talk to them as if you're not there oh yeah that happens to me all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm just like hey I can talk I can carry on a conversation you can talk to me I actually went to Vegas one time a few years ago when I went to see the Backstreet Boys and I had paid for the hotel room and everybody that was staying in the room with me was going to pay their share back to me. Um, and instead of, I handed my ID and my credit card to the person. And instead of talking to me, he starts talking to the friend that was pushing my chair. Tell her that she needs to do. And I was like, no, 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 you can talk to me. And, you know, I think too, that's, that's a very misled um, thing is like, oh, when you see somebody being pushed by in a wheelchair or being assisted, it's, oh, you must need, uh, you must have a, a healthcare aid. And it's, mm-hmm. no, I, no. <laughs> it's, I, the, the ignorance is there, but I've, I've evolved and changed how I deal with it over the years. Like, there's a story, it's, it's gonna be in my book, but I'll tell it now. Um, when I was a kid, I was coming back from, we, we used to live right by a shopping center, right by McDonald's, Burger King, um, 
Nathan's, uh, Taco Bell, they were all, like, down the block from my house. Mm-hmm. And I was with a friend, and we came, there was this bench that was just in the middle of the shopping center, and there was this lady sitting there. And she looks up, and she goes, hi, what happened to your leg? And I go, I was going to say nothing. I was born, and explain, you know, I was born with a disability. Mm-hmm. So she goes, well, I hope you feel better. Misty, let me tell you, I was so mad. I go home, and I'm like, Ma, because we had an upstairs at the time. She comes down, she goes, what? I go, does my chair look rented? She goes, no. I'm like, this lady, she was so mean, and she was saying, like, not mean, but, like, she was so patronizing and saying that she hopes I feel better as if this is, like, a hospital wheelchair. We paid big money for these chairs. I was so triggered by it. Oh, my God. But but dealing with that and then speaking of the Backstreet Boys, I was supposed to go to the, I don't even know if you know this. I was supposed to go to the Millennium Tour, and I went, but we ended up leaving because we went to Nassau Coliseum, and I was on the second level, and you know how those concerts can be. Yeah. Back and forth girls the whole time. And I didn't have a railing in front of me. The closest thing to a railing was the t- the seat in front of me that like was on an incline in the next section. So I felt completely unsafe. For me to have to leave, and then you know everybody that was with me was you know not feeling good up there because it was high. It was the second level mm-hmm. with no nothing holding us back. And uh, so we go find the general manager, and he basically tells me, you have the best seats in the house. If you don't like them, leave. Now, this is 1999. I still remember those words, and he threw the tickets in my lap. That guy ended up getting fired, and there was a wall that was built in the section, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, to, to make people feel safer. But I think that, especially because the ADA says that we have to be in line of vision... I think we should be on the floor no matter what for concerts. I but, agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot that I think can change. There's a lot of laws, and I'm working on that, too. But back to the So, I, I, obviously, you know, we had the guy fired, and then a year and a half later, I was invited back to um, any show of my choice, so I chose Black and Blue. But now, as an adult, I know the ignorance is there. And I think that for any community that feels that they are discriminated against, whether it's the disabled, a minority, whatever it is, accept that ignorance is there, but don't call it ignorance and insult the person. Yeah. I feel like there's no communication, and like it or not, we are a minority ourselves in a way, and I don't want to take any you know judgment or prejudice away from the people who are actually living with things like that. But we are our own minority and there are roadblocks that, you know, we have to overcome, whether it's on our own or with help. But we can't assume that somebody else knows our plight. Yeah. We can't assume. I mean, some of it does seem like common sense, but is that because we've lived it all of our life? We have to ask that question and we have to be willing to teach and we have to be willing to teach in a non-judgmental and non-patronizing way back to these people. And open doors like so for me if I find that a place is not accessible my first thing is how can I help you know here's an idea of what you can do yeah sure if it's like a restaurant or something they'll like give me free food and I'm like no thank you I'm a big foodie but you know I I would actually really like to help you fix this problem and it's even harder when it's a building and they the the person who runs the store doesn't own the whole building Mm -hmm. then you have to go to the builders you know, it is a hassle, but I believe in bridging the gap, which, you know, is also something that I want to do, too, is I put myself out there a lot to do things. And if it creates an opportunity for a group of wheelchair users, great. But my ultimate dream is to have it universal, where those of us in wheelchairs are with everybody walking. Are you still there? Yes, I am. 
Okay. I got very, very quiet for a second. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> I didn't even hear like the shuffling. So I'm like, oh. I, uh, so I had to sneeze. So I muted oh, my okay. mic for a moment. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, um, so what I would like to do, um, like I've, I've danced with Val from Dancing with the Stars, for example. And after doing that and writing a blog about it, it opened up so many people's eyes who are in wheelchairs who previously didn't think that they could do it. So I will, quote unquote, sacrifice, because it's not really a sacrifice. I will put myself out there and do it if it lights a fire in somebody and they realize they can do it too. Yeah. And he ended up opening up all his studios to people in wheelchairs, having all of his trainers trained, which is great. Because they go to the invitationals and stuff with everybody walking around. My next goal, which will eventually happen because I'm speaking it into the universe now, is work. I, I also, by the way, worked out with Paulie from The Challenge and Big Brother. He, he had co-owned a gym at the time. He doesn't own that gym anymore because um, he moved. But I wanted to show people in wheelchairs that they can work out with an athlete. My next thing is going to be working out eventually with Chris and Heidi Powell. And I want like they're I'm, I'm doing their program now. It's called transform. It's transform mm-hmm. at home. And they do, they, I will give them so much credit for this. They have great modifications. They have beginner, intermediate and advanced, and I could do a mix of them, but there are people and I'm not one for Hollywood representation. I could care less. Like, if you're not going to cast somebody in a wheelchair, you know, whatever. I don't need to see somebody in a wheelchair just for my satisfaction in every movie, in every music video. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe in in the talented ones getting their their fair, equal treatment and opportunity. Right. But I don't like how it's necessary now to, like do it just because of their disability or their ethnicity or whatever it is. You know, Mm -hmm. it should just bottom line be about talent. But especially for something like fitness, that is so important because there's so many of us that are in wheelchairs who have a diagnosis, but the immobility is what ends ends up having us in the hospitals or killing us early. It, and so I feel like whether it's dance, which is a form of exercise, or whether it's, it's actual exercise, we have to move to the best of our ability. And our early ability does not define where we can go. Just because you might not be great starting out, I don't think people should let that stop them. And that's what's great about the Transform at Home is they do that. But I feel like still people need to see somebody else in a wheelchair doing it. Mm-hmm. So that they can recognize the similarities in their bodies and realize what they can probably do and yeah. push them to do that. And so I do think representation in that area is very important. So am I taking my career into a fitness level? I'm trying to. I'm trying to be an influencer in that way. And I'm trying to – I'm not even trying to, to use other platforms to do this. I'm trying to give my expertise – two big platforms because how many people still look up to the well-known people and think, wow, what if Yeah. I don't think I will ever be able to work out with, let's say Heidi Powell or Chris Powell or Holy California of um, the challenge, you know, and then here I am, you know, okay. Yeah. 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 You can, mm-hmm. you can do that. And you know, it doesn't have to look like everybody else. You're doing what feels good in your body and at your ability level, and you're going to see the improvements for your own body. And that is my main goal. And I I am lately on a body positivity kick because we spend so many, so much time talking about what we can't, well, I don't personally, because I don't like to do that, but so many people in wheelchairs spend so much time talking about what they can't do what they would change about their body, what what they don't like about their body, what's frustrating about their body today. I'm in so many groups, that's all they talk about. Hmm. So I want to say, you know what? We have, what, 206 
Is it 206 or 306? I think it's 206 bones in our body. Yeah, it's 206 bones in our body. For me personally, I'm paralyzed from the knee down. So everything from the knee up works. I can use it. There might be screws loose in my head. That's fine. We all have that. Mm -hmm. But I'm so grateful for what my body can do and for the improvements that can still be made. Like, I do, I don't know if you've seen, but I've done cycling where I lay on my back and I move my legs in a cycling motion. Mm -hmm. I can't feel my calves, but I get calf muscles from it. And I'm getting calf muscles from doing Transform at home now, too. And I don't think people grasp that just because you can't feel it, that it doesn't work to some capacity where they'll just let it atrophy. Yeah. Which is so sad. And then the circulation, which I'm sure you know. The circulation is another thing. Like, we have to move our bodies for that, too. If, even if that's the bare minimum reason that you want to improve your health is to get better circulation so you don't, you know, harm yourself in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Harm your health. You know, move just for that reason. Yeah. And if you need help, I know that's another, a whole other probably podcast, but asking for help is not something that comes easy to me or I think any people anybody in a wheelchair with any kind of disability because we're hard-headed we want to be able to prove that we can do it we want to be as independent as possible oh so asking for help is like oh man I'm just proving the narrative just cut and cut off a part of my body that I could feel and let the pain kill me before asking you for help yeah yep (laughs) right so so I think that especially for let's say quadriplegics they are going to need more help than a paraplegic or somebody with even lesser um paralysis but even somebody helping you move parts of your body will work out those parts of your body and i think that's so important yeah that's that's really uh, that's really important too i i work out as best as i can i have a torn ligament in my shoulder right now Ooh, maybe so, you shouldn't do yoga on thursday with me then Uh-oh. well i I'll, I'll do my my legs and my bottom half is fine okay. <laughs> but i um, forgot about that you did tell no, me about your shoulder yeah Whoops. but i um you know it's it's hard because i need i use my wheelchair and i'm pushing myself up off the bed and i'm doing all these things and i'm having to use my injured arm and it's like okay i need to rest my arm but, you know, where do you find that balance? How do you find that balance of asking for help and then being codependent on people and then also being as independent as possible? And, and then what you're saying about moving your body and increasing the ability and not letting things atrophy, which is, a, I like that word, actually. Um, and it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm writing a, a second book right now about basically about mobility but in, in in a different aspect and we can talk about about that in, at another time but awesome um but yeah i think it's really important to move your body and be active as much as possible and it does a, a world of difference for the mental aspect oh, of it yeah. too like depression goes away anxiety goes away i also do the the um the cycling you mentioned mm-hmm. I do that as well. Not consistently, but I do do it from time to time. So, yeah, once I, I once I see my feet turning a different color, I'm like, uh, I got to cycle. I got to get some of the blood flowing down there. Wow. And so you don't feel your feet at all? No. Thank God because hmm, two funny stories for you. Um one time a friend of mine who I've known literally all my life, the the same one that was with me when I met that woman at the shopping center. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a really long ramp at one of my houses. And you know how sometimes they have like that piece of wood in the middle of the ramp yeah. underneath? Mm-hmm. Well, we weren't looking and it was the summer and I didn't have shoes on. So my foot rammed right into that. Thank God I didn't feel it, but my toe was bleeding. <laughs> and of course... Her not looking at me any different goes, oh, my God, does it hurt? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in agony. And I started laughing, and then she started laughing. Then another time, I'm 
at my aunt's house, who has a two-story house. So I was climbing the stairs. Nobody realized that there was, I guess, a nail hanging out um, on one of, yeah, my whole foot cut open. She freaked out. Again, she goes, oh, my God, does it hurt? We got to get you to the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm not going to the hospital. They're going to cut my foot off. So just get me some something to clean it, some peroxide, some neosporin. I still have a bad scar. Probably should have gotten some stitches, but I lived and I didn't lose a foot. <laughs> well, well, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine what that's like not being able to feel your feet because I have I have I can feel my feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what's I, funny is if I work out hard enough, like when I worked out with Paulie, okay, he is a beast in the gym and he, I told him, he asked me, what are your limitations? I go, I don't know. I haven't reached them yet. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> he was one of the first people to ever say that to me. I think Val did too, but Paulie, that, that is one of the standout moments for me and him and he pushed me to the point where the next morning I go to push the covers off of me. Hmm. I could barely move my arm and then I could feel part of my calf. I'm like, okay, how old was I? At this, time? this was, this was like five years ago. So I was like in my late twenties. Hmm. I'm like, uh, I shouldn't be feeling that let alone the pain that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But That's it was good. Incredible. Like I, if I'm not sore at the end of a workout, I didn't do it hard enough. I got to be sore. I've come yeah. home after yoga and I'm a, I did yoga again because I wasn't sore enough. Did I tell you that story yet? No. Okay. I know we're running close to an hour. So whenever you want to end this, let me know and I'll shut up. But, um, so I was just moving after my dad passed away mm-hmm. and we moved to a new town. It wasn't far from where we were. But it was a new town, and I was like, something just, like I said, inspired action just hit me. Like, you know what? Maybe I should try yoga because I hadn't been in the gym in a while. And I was like, let me try something different. So I look it up, and a place near me offers chair yoga and mat yoga. That night happened to be mat yoga. But it was nice out, so I decided to wheel the couple of blocks to the library. And the teacher looks at me and she goes, you might be better off with chair yoga. I go, first reaction was challenge accepted, lady. <laughs> and second reaction was, well, I'm sitting in the chair all the time. I need to, you know, get out and stretch. She goes, okay, if you want to sit in the class or do you want to um, use my mat? Because I didn't have a mat at the time. I was just coming to scope it out. But then she challenged me. So... I was like, I got to do this. So she goes, so I use her mat. By the end of the class, everybody was impressed with how flexible I was. I had like six people come up to me. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe how well you move. Now, I know, I, I understand well enough now, you know, God bless them. A lot of the able-bodied community doesn't realize, and I will never shame them for what they don't know. And I will never call them ignorant or those stupid, like, ables or weird hashtags, but mm-hmm. little did she know that, and I would never admit this to her, my back is arched forward. So all of the poses that she was so impressed with were, like, me touching past my toes and, like, cutting myself in half that way, and I'm like, yeah, well, my back's arched that way. This is easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're meant to do, you're designed to do yoga then? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Except, except I have to really, like, m- my poses are, like, frog pose, sphinx pose, um, cobra pose. Those are, for anybody listening who wants to stretch out their hips, because we're sitting all the time, those are the go-to. Okay. That I, I, need, I need to know about those, for sure. Yeah, you just, it's, it's pretty much, one of them is just laying on your stomach and holding your, like, your arms there. Mm-hmm. Anything to get that good stretch in the hips. Yeah, I definitely great. need it for sure. For sure. Um, well, I have had a blast talking with you. 
Unfortunately, my phone is at 6%. <laughs> oh, mine's plugged so, in. I made sure. <laughs> um, I have my headphones in, so that's the, that's the same charger adapter. The yeah, I hear thing, you. So, yeah. So I'm gonna, I want to go ahead and wrap this up before it dies right in the middle of us being done. So Okay. Um, really quickly, before we end, go ahead and let everybody know how they can find you on social media. Uh, my main focus right now is my Instagram, which is push past paralysis. I am on Twitter, but if you don't like politics, you could stay off of that. Um, I have a push past paralysis page on Facebook too. It's facebook.com slash push past paralysis. You can find me on there. I have a link tree. It's linktree.com. Well, it's link. However they spell link tree. There's a Mm -hmm. dot there somewhere, but it's link tree push past paralysis. Is awesome. My my, uh, you can find my books on there. I have my PayPal up there in case anybody would like to donate to my efforts. Um, I have my YouTube link is on there as well. I have a YouTube channel I'm trying to grow. That's YouTube.com/slash Marissa one one five eight six, and that's only because I haven't been able to change it. I don't think you can change the URL after a certain time. So once I discovered push past paralysis, I wanted to change it to that, but. I wasn't able to. That is really, really cool. I have some things I want to share with you later, and I would love to have you on again um, when your book is published. I would love to come back. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for just uh, allowing me to interview you today. And I know that yesterday was a bit of a challenge, <laughs> but we no figured it out. <laughs> we're, we're, are so. we in Mercury retrograde? Cause that could be the technical difficulties we have. <laughs> Maybe I just cannot believe it anyway. Uh, but thank you so, so much. I'm going to reach out ba- uh, back out to you. And, um, when we get done with this call. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks you, for Marissa. having me. All right. Mm. Bye.